I'm Jamelin Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 53, The River of Misery. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelin Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome today to the podcast. I'm really glad you're here today. I'm excited to teach you about, I guess you could call it a tool that I learned years ago and that I use in my coaching at times that I wanted to explain called the river of misery. Now, I want you to just imagine that you have this river and on one side of the river is something that is like a pond, okay? There's a pond by the river and on the other side of the river is dry ground, okay? So the pond is the pond of misery or discontent and the river is the river of misery and then dry ground is where you want to be. It is it could be progress, it could be a goal you've achieved, it can be, you know, more happiness, whatever it is, okay? So let me kind of demonstrate by using an example. So when we lived in New Zealand, our house had no central heating, as most homes in New Zealand do not. Um, each bedroom and the main areas, the main rooms of the house had these built-in space heaters in them so that we could have heat because, believe it or not, it actually gets cold in the winter in New Zealand. Now, it's not the same as Canada cold, but we woke up some mornings with the temperature being zero degrees Celsius. So that's cold. That's freezing. And in the winter in your home that isn't insulated without heaters in the bathrooms, when I would go get in the shower, I knew that when I got out of that shower, that bathroom was going to be freezing. And I just hated it. So I would be in the shower and I would be done but I didn't want to get out. And I'm having this wrestling match with myself, like, just get out. The sooner you get out, the better. Just get out. But I would just keep turning up the water in the shower so that I didn't have to get out into the freezing cold bathroom. But eventually, the water in the shower started to get cool. We were running out of hot water, and that was uncomfortable because the water's getting cooler. But outside of the shower, it is really, really cold. But I know that the only way to actually get to lasting warmth is to leave the shower that's a little cool, go into the main bathroom that is really cold, and then dry myself off and get dressed and finally be warm. So the pond of misery and discontent is like my shower that's getting cooler. It's not terrible, but I'm really not loving it there, okay? I'm not super happy in the cooler shower. Now, it's not because the pond is deep or overwhelming, right? It's just, you know, a nice shallow water. It's pretty calm. Maybe it's a little sluey. I don't really love it there, but I'm comfortable there. I'm used to it. It's not really too hard to stay in the pond because it's what I've always known for so long. So even though I don't like it, it is there's a comfortableness to this pond of misery. When I step out of the shower into the freezing cold bathroom, now I'm in the river of misery, okay? I've left the pond that was a little uncomfortable and now I'm in this river that's really uncomfortable compared to the pond. It's cold. The water moves fast. It pushes against me. 
I don't feel like I always have solid footing. I slip and I get taken down the river a little bit until I can find my footing again. And at times I feel like it's too deep or too powerful. And so sometimes a few steps into that river and I actually want to jump back into the pond and just stay there because it's not actually so bad in there. Like I thought it was bad till I got into the river of misery and now I'm thinking maybe I should just go back there. So just like the shower was feeling a little cool until I got out into that main area of the bathroom that was freezing, you know, then the shower actually felt kind of cozy compared to the freezing air of the bathroom. And it was just so tempting to get back in there. But as I dry myself off and begin to dress, I find myself out of the river of misery and on the other side on dry ground and I'm warm. And now that I've crossed that river, I'm stronger and I actually have access to a whole wide world that I couldn't get to if I didn't cross the river. So I'm so glad that I left the pond of misery or discontent to cross the river because now I have what I want. So here is what it looks like in our lives. I'll give you an example from my own life recently. Like I told you before in a previous podcast, as December progressed, I found myself exercising less and less to the point where I really wasn't exercising at all, honestly. And I had a lot of thoughts about this, thoughts like, I know you don't think you have time to exercise, but that's such a cop-out. You're just being lazy. You aren't managing your time well. Of course, your body is changing and looking fatter. You aren't exercising. You're eating too much. Like this is what's happening in my head. This is me being in the pond of misery and discontent. And I'm not really happy here. And it feels kind of crappy. So January begins and my life slows down a little in the sense that my kids are back at school. I no longer have company. And I realize I actually really don't like it here in the pond of misery. I want to get back to a place where I can run for 45 minutes or an hour and where I like how my body feels. But I know that to do that, to get to that goal, to get to that dry ground, I have to cross the river of misery and it's going to feel kind of crummy. But I started running. I was running slow. I felt like I was dying. I wasn't running far. And honestly, so much of the time I was like, I hate this. And I would say to myself, this feels terrible. But for better or worse, I've actually been in this river of misery before. And so I know that if I can just keep pushing through the river, I will get to the other side. And just this week, I feel like I'm on the other side. I don't dread my runs. I'm able to run a little faster and much further than I was. And I don't feel like I'm going to die anymore. I'm on the other side of the river now and it feels so good. And I'm so glad that I just got myself into the river in the first place because I have had so many times in my life where I sit in the pond of misery for a long time because I'm dreading the river. I'm dreading the river of misery. But if I don't get into that river, I never actually get the awesome things that are awaiting me on the other side. Okay, here's another example. I often coach women in their marriages and they will come to me and tell me their pond story. Okay, so maybe it's a story about how they are sick of having to tiptoe around their husbands so that he doesn't get grumpy at them or their kids. So in the pond of misery, this woman feels like she can never be honest with her husband without getting him upset with her. And she feels like her efforts to keep him happy seem to fail. And then she has so much resentment towards him. Or if they work, but she's had to sacrifice a lot for it. She resents him because she feels like, look at what I have to give up so that you can be kind here. And so she feels so much resentment towards him because she's sacrificing so much of her own desires to make sure he's happy 
but so often he isn't. She's in the pond of misery and discontentment. It doesn't feel good, but it's what she knows. What she wants, what she sees in the distance beyond the river, is a marriage where she can be more authentic, where her wants and desires count, and where she isn't having to be the one to control her husband's feelings all the time. Not because she doesn't want to care about him, but she wants to allow him to manage himself and to stop trying to keep her managing him. Okay, that's that's what she wants. She wants a marriage where they can talk honestly and enjoy one another and feelings don't get hurt so quickly. So she comes to me and we discuss all of this. And I tell her, listen, if you want to make this change, you're going to have to stop trying to control him. You're going to have to turn the focus onto managing yourself. Now, you don't have to become unfeeling and a big jerk, I tell her, but instead of tiptoeing around him to keep him happy, she needs to start practicing how to express herself in this marriage and to even maybe disagree with him without being disagreeable. But then I warn her that she's about to enter the river of misery. Now, I don't always say it exactly that way, but that's what she's going to do because her husband, bless his heart, likes that she tries to manage his emotions and frankly wants her to. He is not going to know what to do with himself when she starts to break some of the cycles in their marriages that have not been serving them by stopping her side of the cycle. Chances are he's going to push back against it really hard. He is used to the dynamic they have, even if it's a pond of misery for him as well. He likes it. It's what he's used to. So she most likely should expect that he's going to be more upset than he's been in the past at first. And she should expect that she's going to be really uncomfortable because, again, she's never done this before either. And her instinct is going to keep telling her to fix this problem so that no one has to be uncomfortable. Just please him. Do what he asks you to do. And then none of us will be uncomfortable. That's what her brain's going to offer her. And she's also going to have to take a more honest look at herself and really own how she has been a part of this problem in her marriage and own the things that she needs to change about herself to be able to show up as the wife she wants to be. She's going to have to face the fact that she wants to control him so that she can feel okay. And that's what she's been doing. This is the river of misery and it feels hard and uncomfortable. And she will be tempted many times to turn back and jump back into the pond she's used to. But if she pushes forward, a few amazing things will happen. First of all, she will stop resenting her husband because she will stop trying to control him and start to allow him to be himself. She's also going to gain so much more self-confidence as she comes through for herself and as she learns that she can feel uncomfortable emotions and be okay. She also is going to like the wife she is better than before because she's going to be focused on who she wants to be and she's going to be willing to take ownership of the things she needs to do better and that will help her to show up as a wife that she is comfortable with. And the last big bonus that happens with so many of my clients is that they see a change in their husbands that they were not expecting. When a wife stops her side of a cycle that doesn't serve her marriage, when she is courageous and steps into the river of misery, it actually makes space for her husband to change as well because it puts a positive pressure on him to look at himself and to make some changes. And this is what it is like on the other side of the river. Okay, last example. Let's say that you have a goal you want to achieve. Maybe you want to make a certain number of sales in your business. 
in the pond of misery and discontentment, you are going to have thoughts about your business like, I'm not really good at this. My business isn't as big as so-and-so's. Um, I never really step up and do the hard work that's necessary to be successful. I mean, like you're going to have a hundred thoughts about how you and your business are less than ideal, okay? That's going to be your thoughts about things in the pond. Maybe it's, I'm not good at sales or I don't want to be salesy. These are all the thoughts you're going to have. So let's say that you have a goal to make a hundred sales in your business in the first quarter of this year. So that 100 sales, that's the dry ground on the other side of the river of misery. So now you're going to have to step out of the pond of misery and discontentment, and you're going to have to step into the river of misery. And can I just say quickly, like, please know, I don't call this the river of misery to scare you or to be depressing. This is what I learned it as. And honestly, you can call it whatever you want. Maybe you'd rather call it the river of hard or the river of progress, or I don't know. When I use the words the river of misery in this context, what I mean is that it's going to be challenging and it's going to feel hard at times, but that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. I'm just in the river of misery. So often when things feel uncomfortable or hard, our brain will panic and it starts to tell us, warning, warning, something's wrong here, something's wrong. And then we believe it. And that actually makes us unknowingly jump back into the pond because the pond feels safe. So for me, when my brain sends this warning signal that says, hey, this is uncomfortable, something's going wrong, I can just respond back with, no, 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 this is just the river of misery. That's why it doesn't feel good. But nothing's going wrong here. This is just the path I have to take to where I want to be. And then this just calms down my brain because it just tells my brain that I knew it was going to be uncomfortable and that I also know it's a necessary discomfort because it's getting me to where I want to be. But if river of misery sounds depressing for you, please call it something else. Anyways, back to my story. If the dry land on the other side of the river is 100 sales this quarter, then I just have to anticipate that I'm going to have to cross the river of misery to get there. This is the place where I'm going to take massive action I've never taken before. This is where I'm going to make offers to more people and to be really willing to be vulnerable and uncomfortable. This is where I may lose my footing and slip and fail and have to find my footing again and start over. This is where the people around me may push against me and tell me I can't do it. This is where I'm going to hear the word no over and over and over again. But this is also where I'm going to get stronger every time I get up. This is where I'm going to learn how to make the trip across easier for the next big goal I go for. This is where I'm going to really see what I am made of. And when I get to the other side of the river and I have the hundred sales or close to it, whatever it is, I won't just have those sales. That's not the only thing that I've benefited from by crossing the river. I will be stronger. I will be braver. I will be good at feeling uncomfortable emotions and I'll be good at failing and beginning again. I will be better prepared for the next river that I'm going to need to forge because they're all over the place in our lives. So if you're doing something right now that feels hard, even maybe harder than you thought you could handle, just know you're probably in the river of misery right now and you are going to make it to dry ground again and you'll never be the same. So don't panic about the river. Try to keep yourself from jumping back into the pond. And if you jump back into the pond, get brave and step back into the river because on the other side of that river is everything you could want. I hope you have a great week, everybody. Bye. 
Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelandstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelandstephancoaching.com.